about cats then you've come to the perfect place welcome to the cat sultan podcast expert cat behaviorist lana fraley rich doesn't just train cats she teaches cat enthusiasts and owners how to read and respond to common cat behaviors dishing the latest scoop on all things feline this is the cat sultan podcast with lana fraley rich hello and welcome to the cat sultan podcast i'm lana fraley rich your host and my special guest today is just, I'm so excited about it, I can hardly say his name. Anyway, his name is David Ty. He'll be joining us uh, over the phone from Washington, D.C. Along with me today in the studio will be Kristen, Marin, and Zach Lewis. Hello. Hey. <laughs> so, Lana, tell us about your guest. I'm real excited to have David with us today. He was born into a very musical family spanning three generations of professional musicians and he's a cellist he's actually given 18 solo performances with the national symphony orchestra and he's also played the lead cello get this are you ready on metallica's album wow s and m really <laughs> yeah wow. so he All stands right. the whole gamut of there between playing professionally with the national symphony orchestra to metallica's album <laughs> i think that's pretty cool huh very yeah. cool yeah and I didn't realize he also, uh, he attended Peabody Conservatory and began his conducting studies there, following in the footsteps of his father, who was a conductor as well. But he eventually turned, uh, returned to composing as his primary focus. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Man of many talents. Many, a many talents. Yes. I'm so excited. He's got things that have been published. He, uh, it's really neat. His uh, species-specific music is the first and only music that has elicited appropriate responses from another species in a controlled study. Wow. And it was also listed as the New York Times number one idea of the year in 2009. Oh, wow. A study in March of 2015 showing that cats preferred his music for cats to human music was published in Applied Animal Behavior Science. All right. David, wow. That's all I can say. Wow. Wow. Thank you for being my guest. I want to know a little bit more about how you came to, to, to this, how you came to the journey transition from where you were to where you are now with the cat music. Well, uh, by the way, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's great to be talking about music for animals, and, and I appreciate having a chance to talk about it with you. And uh, the, uh, the origin, it, it, actually, it's interesting how it started with one of the things that you talked about, that uh, Metallica concert. Right. That I figured, uh, actually, I, I get cool points for that, uh, just like lifetime cool points. Totally. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Playing with Metallica. But it, it started me in wondering about how it is that music affects the emotions, because I thought how odd it was that it's a very powerful kind of music, but the emotions that it elicits are you know, kind of not found in nature, you know? And it seemed to me that emotions are basically, they're there for us and placed there for natural reasons, and yet the music unmistakably powerfully emotional, and yet, um, you know, those emotions are the particular kind of cocktail of emotions that you feel when you listen to the music. It's not quite fear, it's not quite 
you know, anger or it's, you know, it's, but it's a mix that's, um, that started me in a years long investigation into how music affects human emotions. And so that's where it all started. And, uh, I took an approach that hadn't been taken before as I, being a musician and not scientist. I, I took music apart and asked the question of each of the, uh, separable elements. Like, why would that affect our emotions? Pulse, for example. All, all the music of all cultures has pulse, even though it's not in our languages. So, okay, so why pulse? What is it about pulse that, that we relate to or understand or recognize? And so it took me a few years, but after a few years, I thought I had plausible answers to the, uh, wow. the elements that I came up with. And so I felt like I had something like a theory, and any good theory is testable. So one of the tests is that if I was right about this, um, I should be able to take the recipe, you might say, of how music is made, and take the ingredients that are now all designed for humans and replace them with ingredients designed for some other animal. Mm -hmm. And if I was right, I should be able to get some kind of, you know, response that I would expect from that animal. Yeah. And so, um, so that's where it started. And the first uh, test was at the, the cotton top tamarind monkeys in the University of Wisconsin. Wow. They tested. Wow. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, I wrote two different kinds of music for them. One designed to get them riled up, kind of heavy metal, uh, <laughs> cotton top tamarind monkey music. Yeah. And, and the other of something designed to calm them down. And uh, happy to say that, as usual, uh, the controls, you know, in the scientific study, they put out controls of human music, and they basically don't give a damn about human music. And yeah, <laughs> right. It's, yeah. yeah, it's the same for animals. All you know, Of all the controlled studies of the effect of them, of our music on them, they basically, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but then the uh, but the music designed to rile them up got them riled up, and the music that designed to calm them down calmed them down. So that's where that's where it started, and then we were off and running. So David, uh, how did the transition go from monkeys to cats? Are you a cat owner or a cat lover? Uh, actually, the the punchline is I'm allergic to a cat. <laughs> oh wow! Wow, that is a, a punch line. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I'm, I'm I'm allergic to basically basically most. I'm allergic to horses. I'm allergic to dogs. Wow. Um, so no, we didn't. I never had a cat. In fact, I'm no longer deathly allergic, but I have had now three uh, emergency room visits because oh of uh, being around cats. And so. Wow. So, yeah, it's a bit ironic. But the reason I, I chose cats is because um, they're very consistent across the breeds. I mean, the first I should say that after the monkeys, you know, not many people own monkeys. And so I should try to write music for some animal that we have more of around us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we know that there are more uh, cats owned than there are dogs owned in the United States. So I think right, it was a great right. choice. So, but the dogs, so what I was afraid of is that I'd have to write different music for the different breeds because they're so different. Am I going to have to write Chihuahua music and Great Dane music? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and by the way, and I'll get to it because you have time on this, but uh, but I do have news about that dog music. But oh, wow. it's very, 
It's oh. very fresh. I mean, it's within <gasps> about two hours old, the news. Oh, wow. So, um, wow, breaking news here. I went to cats because, uh, because they're very consistent across the breed. So I was hoping that if I can make it work for one, uh, it should fairly well work for the others. Uh, accounting for, of course, their individuals, because as we know, uh, cats are extremely individual. Yes. And so, um, but that's why I decided to go to cats first. Oh, well, that makes total sense to me because they are more, more uniform mm. and they have some of the same similarities. And, you know, being a cat behaviorist, I go to people's homes and often deal with aggression. So does it mean, mean you know, that they're aggressive if they're a breed or what certain breed or not breed or purebred or a mixed breed? It just across the board. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. So that's great. Mm. That's great. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'd like to do is continue this discussion for uh, the next segment uh, on the Cat Sultan podcast on RNCN. This is going to be a little taste of David's music for cats called Lolo's Air. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Cat Sultan Podcast on RNCN. I'm your host, Lana Fraley-Rich. Before the break, we were discussing special music designed for cats. So, David, I'm really anxious to hear more of the science behind your music. I also would like to hear, before you go into the science, I'd like to know, how do you name the songs that you come up with? How do you come up with that? Well, so far I have, I think, what is it, eight songs, and the first couple were um, originally named, you know, I was just Cat Song 1, Cat Song 2. They were <laughs> used for the testing, you know. But then I put up this really lame website some years ago, and the very first person that bought the songs, I decided to, you know, go back in and rename the songs after her cats. So one is called Rusty's Ballad, and the other is called Cosmo's Air. So those are the oh. names of her cats. Oh. And um, then as I was developing the music there was a, a cat that was the first cat that was even though i'm allergic to i was not very allergic to this cat and it uh there was one time where i was lying down and this cat named padma it came right up to me right next to me and very kind of consciously put paw on my arm and just rested there next to me mm-hmm. and wow. it was just the it was the, the most obvious act of just simple connection mm-hmm. and it was it was in a sense kind of transforming for me because uh you know this this Padma knew I was never going to feed her and never going to be you know it wasn't it wasn't she she was not going to get anything out of this except <laughs> just a, a contact and so uh there's a a song that I named after her and then the uh the songs that are on the album Lolo Katie Moss Tiger Lily and Mimi Scooter Bear, Simon, they were all named after uh, cats who their owners uh, kicked in $1,000 a piece on the Kickstarter campaign. Oh. I thought, as I, as I originally threw it out, thought, well, just see what happens. You know? And so for the highest reward level, you could have a song named after your cat. And after, I think, three days, they were all picked up. No, and so I'm not surprised. They, were, they they sold out quickly. Too bad I didn't have any more 
songs to put on there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, some of them are long. Like one of them is very like 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scooter Bear's Aria, the reason I, I have that there, I think uh, it's like song for the open road because oh, uh, if you're traveling. there was a, a couple that wrote to me that said that they had a cat that they were driving in like a six hour long drive. And they had this music on to calm their cat. But every time they, the music ended, they would complain. So they had to keep playing. So they played the same <laughs> song over and over for six hours. And I just, oh, no, really? Oh, that's terrible. You had to <laughs> That's to a true cat lover. Oh, I thought. So that's when I thought, well, I designed this, this song for the open road. And basically it has no melodies. It has no interesting harmonies. It's kind of like anti-composing in a way that it would so the music designed not to follow you around as a human being but still had everything that would be there to comfort and um, be appreciable by a cat so so um, so that's a very unusual song but that's how they got their name so are some of the tracks designed actually for uh to to actually elicit different responses in cats or they primarily all kind of same thing to kind of help calm them these are basically all to calm them i did write originally a spooks ditty oh i forgot spooks ditty spooks ditty was a cat that uh kind of a feral type uh tomcat that i next door neighbor grew up with and um, that was designed to get cats uh, kind of excited. It was mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's supposed to be enlivening, but it didn't really get much response from cats in okay. the testing. And, and okay. so I dropped the idea and went basically to simple um, calming. I could I could do that heavy metal thing, getting cats riled up. It would be. <laughs> I think we have. I don't think anybody wants that. I don't. I think you're absolutely right. I think the calming thing is the best thing you could do for for that. So I think it works, and it worked really well for my cats. I tried it on my cats. Uh, we also cool. tried it with a friend of mine. I'll talk about that later. But I want to get into that science you talked about earlier about the brain science between humans and cats. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the pulse, for instance, that I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, that works for humans because uh, in the womb, we can you can hear for four months before you're born. So there's a long period of, mm-hmm. of listening. And the sounds are loud down there. They've done tests uh, where they managed to uh, convince these bedridden mothers who, whose water had broken to have microphones put up next to their the fetus ear mm-hmm. to see how loud all the sounds. And it's loud. It's like the... The mother's voice is like a, at 76 decibels. It's like a bus that passes right next to you. Wow. And so, um, and these, uh, the emotional centers of the brain, and here's where it kind of gets to the critical part of it, is that those uh, midbrain structures like the amygdala, and the, they're almost completely formed at birth in human beings. So basically, our brains, those emotional centers of the brain are fully cooked inside, you might say. And so by the time we're born, there's a lot of growth for other parts of the brain, but these emotional centers and all the parts that are connected to our listening, they're all formed inside. So that's why we respond to the pulse, the sound of a pulse, Mm -hmm. um, even though we don't have conscious access to the memories, we can't actually, you know, remember. But those parts of the brain that were fully formed they remember, and so. But it's for different cats, for but it's so, different cats, right? Right, it's different for cats because the 
the cat's brain is only one eighth the size at birth of what it will be at 10 weeks. And so most of the brain formation of a cat happens outside the womb. So the cat's pulse won't matter so much. But what I did think would uh, would work is, is uh, to replace the pulse is the sound of suckling because, mm-hmm. um, you know, all cats will have heard the sound of their own suckling as their brains were developing and it would be a reward-related sound, you know, very... Very happy times while they're suckling. So the purring. So then, yeah. basically, for the, what is pulse over in the human music side becomes a kind of a sh- 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 sound in mm. the cat music. Ah, that mm. explains that. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's awesome. Sure. And I wonder, you know, with cats that have been unfortunately had a mother removed or they were removed from the mother and weren't able to stay with the mom very long, how that impacts their connection to this type of music or any other sounds. Yeah, it probably would affect it some, but uh, but that's only the, that pulse or suckling is only one component. The the, right. the the big story of music is that um, it presents lots of different things all at the same time, and so that mm-hmm. and our processing works in such a way that it can handle all that, that's and great. it's the same for for cats. By the way, their sense of the hearing is the much greater percentage of their brain than ours, well, and so yeah. uh, some. I, I, I'm I'm bringing these out on the top of my head, but something like five percent of the of our brain is is uh, for auditory processing, but more like thirty thirty five percent of the cat's brain. Wow! So its its listening capacity is extremely uh, finely honed and basically always on you might say no and wonder. so um the uh, the but the other for instance another aspect of uh, sound that's in there that's in the music is basically a kind of a stylized purr sound david i hate to cut you off but we're running a little bit short of time here i want to pick up where we left off in our next segment looking forward to continuing the conversation on the next segment of the cat sultan podcast stay tuned Hello again, I'm Lana Fraley-Rich, and my guest joining me today over the phone is David Ty. And what you're listening to now is another one of his wonderful segments called Simon Says. And I would like to talk more about the benefits of his music with cats. David, are you there? I'm here. Okay, let's go. Well, I was talking about how the stylized purr is in the music, and basically it's related to our moaning. If humans moan... Um, and there's part of that in our music. And we moan in pleasure and in pain. Seems like an odd thing that we would have the same sound for such very different feelings. But they're both intended to elicit a sympathy from the listener. And so cats purr when they're uh, content, as we know, but they also purr when they're in pain. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. don't purr when they're all by themselves. And so it's a communication. Right. And so the purr kind of sounds, I have something like 26 different per instruments and it's basically into, uh, supposed to convey a sense of uh, you know I feel you I'm I understand uh, it's a sympathetic uh, sound well what what kind of instruments do you use right. yeah, that's, right. that's I'm very curious what kind of instruments do you use for you know mimicking or simulating purring with cats 
Well, uh, naturally, as you might expect, the, the, I think of the musical instrument uh, makers as the unsung heroes of our kind of music because, you know, there's been centuries of geniuses that are coming up with these instruments. So to get an instrument for an animal, I basically, in a sense, start from scratch. But I have the advantage of software uh, that can modify sounds. And right. as I say, a cat's hearing is so acute that right. uh, you want to get it right. So um, basically, the, my favorite purr sound, it started with a cello plus something from a drum. It's actually a football covered with cloth. And then I put them together and speed them up and, and change it all. It took me, uh, I think, five days, four different people, three different software programs, Many hours of work to come up with my two-second per sound that I'm very happy wow. with ultimately, but um, it took quite a while wow. to take these acoustic instruments and modify them enough yeah. to uh, to make it sound right because I have a pitch to them because I want to use that yeah. pitch. Right. Well, this is just absolutely fascinating to me. You know when you know I know each ear on a cat has 32 muscles. And they, uh, and I'm sure with their brain being, you know, so much of the brain involved, as you mentioned, with hearing, the auditory senses, that with the movement that they can, move, you know, put their ear one direction or the other, that's what I mm-hmm. see a lot when cats are listening. They tend to move their ears in different directions to pick up, you know, the music right. that you're playing. And like I say, my friend uh, has two cats. One was upstairs last night, and she put on one of the your segments, and the cat, unsolicited, just came downstairs immediately and got up on the sofa and then moved onto her lap and she said it looked like he looked up her and said thank you (laughs) so yeah 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 yeah. that's something i was mentioning is that the the scientists who did the study on the cats mentioned that the music tends to be the most comforting to those cats who are the most in need of comfort and one letter that i got truthfully i got tears in my eyes when i read this it was a formerly abused cat Mm-hmm. And one of those cats that just disappears when you walk in the room. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, she said they put the music on, and the cat came out and came up onto her lap, curled up onto her lap. Wow. And I read that, and just uh, I yeah. thought that's, yeah. um, that's very moving. Because mm-hmm. what I most want to do is to, to help form this kind of connection. You know, we love our pets. People who have mm-hmm. pets who love their pets and think of part of the family. And, uh, that's right. And to be able to write something that, connects them i uh i love the idea oh it's great david i'm curious uh you know there, there's only a handful of these tracks available and i mean they're, they're fantastic but would would a cat get tired of it i mean the same tracks over and over is there more to come can we expect more music i tell you this? it is not at all a ridiculous question because <laughs> but uh, as cats uh, as it happens they're a little bit in this terms like uh finding dory They'll be coming in the room saying, oh, I really like that music. I imagine them coming out, leaving out, coming back in and saying, oh, I really like that music. And <laughs> because they're not like squirrels that hide their prey. Basically, they get up every hour or two, go out, hunt, get it, eat it, go back, sleep. So the long-term memories are less important to that species. Being able to find and locate, that's critical. And so the kind of memory that would make it tiresome to them is is not something that they... We have to worry about All right. me being tiresome to the owners. Now that's something I have to be worried about. <laughs> well, it's, it's very so, it's very peaceful music, even even yeah. in the human ear. I think absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, and I'm glad that it works that way because the bass register, basically all the low notes, they're mm-hmm. designed just for the human consumption because oh. uh, 
the music that I wrote for the monkeys, the researchers found both types irritating. And so <laughs> I thought, if the you know if this music is irritating to cat owners, they're just not going to put it on. Yeah. So, so do you, uh, do you basically ever... down there, it's traffic noise to the cats, and so that's where I put an element of human music. Wow. So a question I have is, um, so do you get comments from anybody that, that says that actually it calms the human too? Uh, that's one question. The second question is, is there any particular uh, volume status that seems to can it just be background or is it needs to be a little? Of course, we don't hear things, you know, uh, as clearly or as loudly as the cat does. Right. So can it be background? Right. Tell us about that. Very good question. I hardly ever get that question. Thanks for asking it. It should be relatively soft. I, I designed it in a way uh, so that it, that human element uh, should sound too loud to you if it's too loud for the cat. And so mm-hmm. it should be kind of a moderate uh, sound, but if people are used to listening to music really loudly, that's not a good idea. Yeah. And uh, But it is also uh, the equalization, of, uh, like that kind of uh, musical term, mm-hmm. is designed for the cats. It was the most difficult thing for me to do because it makes the music sound, at least for like a record producer, it, it doesn't sound right. It sounds bad. Okay. But... I, I had to do push that button because this is the way it sounds right to cats who have a different sensitivity across the the frequency ranges. And so mm-hmm. uh, basically, if you put it on a moderate to low, it should okay. be right for okay. cats. Well, great. Thanks. Wow. Well, do you do you know if there's any applications that, that you're to your knowledge that have been uh, used for, say, in animal shelters or that kind of thing at this point or... Are we aware of any? give the music to for free for use in animal shelters, and there are oh, lots of animal shelters. Wow. In oh, fact, it was just great. this today that, based on a response where they use it in the Fairfax Humane Society, mm-hmm. and she said they use it for all the cats that come in, and she's just very happy with it. I went over there today to bring my music for dogs, my first music. Oh, so yes. This yes. very morning, I played uh, the music for eight dogs, and I'm happy to say all eight dogs were uh, calmed. It was a pretty, you know, stressed oh, environment. Oh a bunch of dogs around. And so I was, oh. I mean, I'm just like cloud nine right now because yeah. it was so effective. The uh, I do I do like to mention, you know, it doesn't not doesn't appeal to all cats. There right. Some cats who are like, oh, whatever, they walk yeah. out of the room. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so they being the way cats are. Oh, yes, so, we know um, about that. But that's, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's now also being tested at the veterinary clinic at Louisiana State University. So that results of that study should come in any, any day now. That's great. Well, can anybody, uh, con- how do they get, get a hold of the music for the animal shelters and things like uh, that? If they how write they do to that? us at, uh, they can write to david at musicforcats.com. Okay. Or just write to us, we'll just send it to them. And okay. David, where can people find out more information about you? Well, uh, we have the website of musicforcats.com, and there is uh, information there. Uh, I signed a a deal with Universal Records, so for sales outside the United States and Canada. Wow, great. Um, They have their own website and all. And, you know, you Google Music for Cats, we're the first one up there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not (laughs) surprised. It's at the top of my list, that's for sure. Well, David, thank you so much for being the special, special guest that you are for me and for everyone listening. It's just I'm so excited because this is a therapeutic thing that I can't tell you how many clients that I have and have had that we're going to hear about what this does for them. So thank you for sharing and being able to share your time with us and with all the cat lovers out there. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was a delight. 
Thank you for joining us, and be sure to share this podcast with your cat lover friends. You can find out more of what's to come by checking out the Cat Sultant Facebook page. Tune into our cat discussions frequently at realnewscn.com, or you can find us on iTunes by searching RNCN. We'll talk to you next time. Meow for now.